0: Welcome to another episode of Say Something Interesting. My name is Brent, and with me, as always, is... Margo. Margo. We are both pastors at East Lake Tri-Cities Church in Eastern Washington, and we started this podcast a while ago because we felt like there was some conversation that needed to take place beyond just Sunday morning's talk, in addition to it, but also then, hopefully, something interesting that happens in our lives. However you found us, we're glad that you're listening to us. We're glad that you uh, listen in and check in every single week. Margo, how are you doing?
1: Doing good. My Canadian blood is in its prime element right it now. It is
0: freezing right now. <laughs> it is literally freezing. We and we're ha-
1: not just saying that because our upstairs has no heat. So
0: well, I'm I'm freezing currently, but I'm just saying <laughs> uh, as well. Just in our in our uh, our, our community or whatever, Tri City's area is just in a frigid state. I, we actually had uh, um, we're in a long term group, uh, and it was girls' night, and the girls all came over to our house last night. So I escaped with my daughter um, and we went out to dinner for her birthday deal. And then when I came back, our whole driveway was filled with cars. So I had to park across the street and I got a re a reminder
1: oh, yeah, for people winter. who
0: don't own garages what that's <laughs> like to have to go out and warm up your car. You got some
1: empathy for
0: Oh it for, for us
1: plebeians that have to park.
0: <laughs> yes, exactly. You guys should really get houses for your cars. It's really amazing. <laughs> I never warm up my car anymore, but today I was like, "Oh man, I'm just wasting like five minutes here, just sitting here because I can't see at my window." Um, but struggle
1: uh, is real. The struggle is so real. Middle, and then middle class folks. I took
0: my car, and I don't. Do you see what I'm drinking here, Margot?
1: Oh, whoa, that's a little unusual.
0: <sighs> Very unusual.
1: Vodka tonic. It's kind of early. <laughs>
0: <laughs> kind of early for that. <laughs> uh, it is a Dutch Brothers, and I. I'm, I got a little story here for us that we're gonna kick this thing off with. Uh, not typically a Dutch Brothers person. Not really like against it. I just kind of don't
1: understand. I it don't usually. have much of a opinion since I never heard of them until well, I came yeah, here. Well, yeah, it's
0: kind of a. I feel like, like they're probably thing. like the
1: Dunkins, Dunkin' Donuts of maybe like cheaper, quick coffee.
0: Yeah, but people, some people really love them. Like
1: I see enough the stickers to put stickers on their, stickers car. On their
0: car. Like Dutch I don't brother, love girl. anything enough. We have stickers for Eastlake. And I don't stick him on my car. It's because
1: you drive like a maniac, and you don't want people <laughs> being like, "That's true.
0: That, that, fair. I'm here for that." Um, so this morning, I was actually yesterday when we were, I was going to take London out. Uh, I noticed we have like this drawer uh, in our living room that has it's. We call it our coupon slash gift certificates drawer.
1: Oh, I bet the thing's busting. Oh, I know you busting. love you, you some coupons. Go, you know me.
0: You know me. That drawer is well used. Those rollers are <laughs> greased. Uh, and so, and by the way, it's like the only thing of value I feel like in our house. We do have gifts. If the I, house is
1: on fire, like <laughs> save the drawer. <laughs> the photo albums are catching. We up. cannot let that
0: fifty dollar gift certificate to book Walter out of our <laughs> hands. If you were going to come and rob our house, there would be like nothing worth taking, except maybe that drawer, and you'd get like a hundred dollars out of it. All that aside. Uh, we had a gift certificate, to Somebody gave us one to uh, Fujiyama, like, I don't know, a year ago. My wife hates it, but I love it. And London loves it because they little beat the drum and sing a happy birthday, right? And so that's where <laughs> she picked. She wanted to go. As I was digging through the drawer, I noticed a gift card to Dutch Brothers in there. Now, again, normally I Is don't go. Is it like go. a
1: paper one from, like, 1993?
0: No, it was, like, <laughs> it was like glossy, nice, looked oh. like a credit card. And so I thought, all right. And I know it has a code to be able to log in and figure out how much Check is on balance. there, but I'm like, who cares? Whatever it is, even if it's like two bucks, it's two bucks off a drink. I'm I'm in, and I have to go to the post office to go grab our PO box, and it's right by the post office. So I go through there, and I I remind I'm quickly reminded as to why I don't usually do Dutch Brothers, is because they come out with their iPads while you're in your car mm-hmm. before you even see a menu, and they're like, "What can I get you?" And you're like, "Oh, I don't I don't, I don't know." know. <laughs> I'll just take a caramel latte. And she goes, "Okay, so a caramelizer." And what's that? and I'm like, "I well, hold up. I don't know what a caramelizer is." Uh, she's like, well, it's kind of like an Annihilator, but without the. And I'm like, I don't know. I just.
1: <laughs> What's an Annihilator? <laughs> this is why I don't come here. It's like Starbucks where you have to speak like fake Italian to yeah, order but your see, drink. Here's
0: the deal. I've been to Starbucks enough. I've like put in the effort to learn the language. I know what a Macchiato is now. You know what I mean? Tall
1: is like, small. all grande.
0: All that stuff. Uh, I'm in. Like, I'm, I can't do this again for you, Dutch. I'm so sorry. I'm, I am I. don't Especially have when your names sound like,
1: I don't know, street race car names or. <laughs>
0: so eventually I just said, sure. Yeah, whatever. Give me that. I just want a latte with some caramel in it. Would you? Can you just do that?
1: Did you get for going away from your cappuccino ways?
0: So yeah, that's true. I've been in the cappuccino phase, but I don't. I didn't trust the cappuccino from Dutch. <laughs> I don't know why. I'm snobby, I guess. Maybe whatever. I get up to the front counter and I hand over the gift card and I say, uh, I don't know how much is on it, but I'll pay the balance if there's anything. You know, if they're thinking there's probably at least five bucks who gives a gift card for less than $5? And there was no name attached to it, so I don't feel any obligation because I have no idea who gave this to us. Someone's I wish I did. Someone's listening
1: to the podcast like, Ooh. I wish
0: I did because she goes, oh, there's nothing on this card. Would you like me to throw it away?
1: Oh, and I was like, oh, A. You've been robbed. Somebody
0: gave us a blank gift card. That's dirty. B. Kylie kept a gift card with a zero balance. Also dirty. <laughs> Three, I wanted to drive off because I did not want to pay full price for a Dutch Brothers coffee gift oh. card. <laughs> I didn't. I did pay for it. Um, but I, in, in the end, I felt like, man, that'd be so smart of Dutch just to go around giving out blank gift cards. Because so many times you get them and you're not like, I'm not going to use them right People away. People would be just ripped, though. Well, I know. I know, but at, at what point? I mean, like at that point, I've... I'm paying for it, so I'm in.
1: And... Remember I was in a drive-thru in Starbucks Ugh. and some guy did it as like a marketing thing? I don't know if he was like a mortgage guy or something. He would he was standing by the drive-thru handing out $5 Starbucks cards with his business card being like, this coffee's on me. And I was like, sure. You
0: just took a couple loops around? <laughs> yeah. Put on a new jacket?
1: <laughs> I've seen this green mom soccer man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: I And what's so funny is had there been fifty cents on that gift card left over, you would over, have felt
1: validated. I would have been
0: like, "Hey, I got a discount on my coffee today."
1: This is the type of man that French Johnson is. The fact that should. I paid
0: full price,
1: which kills is still probably me. less than a Roasters coffee uh, or a Barracuda. I don't know. No.
0: I don't know. So I'm like milking this thing. I'm trying to like slow drink it, to maybe make it worth it. But
1: <laughs> take it next door. Can you doctor this up for me? I might, like, Kagan.
0: Could you throw a couple shots in there?
1: They're making a. They have a new homemade syrup coming out. It's like lemon ginger.
0: I saw the. I'm Instagram like that post could be. And
1: I don't like. Does that go with coffee? I guess I have to explore it to see. Yeah. See the possibilities.
0: Oh my goodness. Well, this podcast will not be sponsored by Dutch as a result of. <laughs> oh. uh, not that we had that in the. I mean, in the if future, you want to change Brent's mind. I, hey, by the way, yeah. If you want to give out gift cards with actual balances on them then we'll then let's talk
1: and drink recommendations we will reconsider (laughs) we are bribeable if you have
0: a mobile menu or like a a piece of paper maybe i'm old i just i'd like to see the menu before i order but that's weird all right (laughs) we uh (laughs) we should probably talk about Sunday, we we continued our, our series, It's Complicated, a series on relationships. We did week two, we dived in a little further into the passage in John uh, chapter 13, where Jesus gives his command to his disciples and says, a new command that I give you, uh, not only just love one another, but as I have loved you, so you must love one another.
1: Um, he updated the terms and conditions.
0: That... Margo, where was that on Saturday night is I'm that's a great I I mean that's totally it, right? Uh, like he goes to his disciples and says, um, here I'm 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 I know what you know and I'm changing what you know and I'm stepping it up and I'm doing something different with it. And it's not going to be something that you can just scroll through scroll through and go like I agree, I agree, I agree. How do I get past this? Um it really changed I think uh, them like long term in how
1: just like they people operate. were like, got mad when apps like what they listen to, what I do now, and what did I agree to? Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Got got pay attention.
0: Um, and I think I read a book uh, a while back, and I I uh, it actually is the the book that I pulled the quote from Dorothy Day from, um called Who Is This Man by a guy named John Ortberg. He's a pastor. He was at Willow Creek for a long time. Now he's at Menlo Park Presbyterian Church in California. Uh, one of my favorite authors. He writes the way I would want to write if I if I did write. Um, is your
1: writer crush.
0: He is. He is. And I've I've listened to him speak, and I think he's funny. But I think he's way way more funny in his writing. And uh, so he wrote a book called "If You Want to Walk in Water, You Got to Get Out of the Boat," which is kind of a, a big one. Um, he also wrote one called "Oh, Something About the Unexpected Life" that was really big. Um, oh my goodness, I'm I'm drawing a blank on it right now, and I don't have it in front of me. Um, it was a book that was like mandatory read when we were at Northwest University. Kyle and I both, uh, everybody had to take a Christian thought class and that was one of the textbooks for us. So, so you go to Starbucks
1: and you see 12 copies of the book.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> um. And anyways, in, in the book he talks about how Jesus changed the paradigm about so many different areas. One of them being treatment of women. Another being um, like uh, an attitude towards um, the the helpless uh, the disabled the hurt the broken um, the, the and it's why Christians started the first hospitals it's why uh, like all of these things that you like about modern day ethos right or um, the attitude of uh, of uh, rights or human rights or, or all that kind of like justice areas so much of it comes from a the reason why
1: you want to move to Canada ocean.
0: yeah yeah <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> take care um, of me. they will take just, care of you. It was so insightful for me. I remember a few years ago, probably seven or eight years ago now, reading that book going, man, this is really good. It probably deserves a series. I may do that. So I'm, I'm, I am I'm, might be letting the cat out of the bag and being like, hey, if you guys see a series called Who Is This Man, um, then you'll know kind of my source material for it. But I, I was so... Um, blown away by that, and then also his take on um, that whole Mary— that was my favorite part, too, that whole Mary and Martha bit. Like, he had a bit about that, and that's where he incorporated the, the Dorothy Day quote. I had never thought of it in that way. I had thought of it in the terms of, oh, we all should not get so distracted by being busy that we don't focus on who Jesus was and, and what he means to us. I had not really viewed it through the lens of what— his inclusion of Mary into, from a gender standpoint, into the circle of his disciples. Which is huge because
1: women did not participate in religious learning the way that men did. I mean, they got cursory knowledge and then they were dependent on like their husbands to be like, to explain things that they learned in temple or, I mean, there's only so far they could go. They wouldn't be allowed into what we would consider like a theological school or further study. Like that was totally barred from them. So this was her sitting at the feet showing I'm a student and you are the teacher was huge.
0: Yeah. And and then the question would become, well, why didn't he include one of, you know, why didn't he do six women, six men for his 12 disciples?
1: Why did he do all 12 men? That seems Because you're exclusively. living in a male dominated oh. society. And if you wanted to start an organization, you can't start it with all females if they're literally not going to be listened to.
0: Yeah. are welcome into circles there would have been such an uprising in terms of who is this guy approach like with these women there would have been so many questions that have been so distracting away from his mission mm-hmm. in terms of what is it is it a cult is it like this polygamous type you know what's going on behind the scenes how do we do this it would have been Plus, I think nearly men impossible were in that
1: way, allowed but. in areas of society that women were not so if you want to spread a message to the every corner you're going to need to do it in this time and date with men. That's just, if you're being practical Yeah. You and you want it to reach all areas, you can't do that using only women or even half women. You're not going to be able to reach. And I
0: think you you do have to, I mean, when it comes to stuff like this and, and this can across all, not just generate inequality, but race inequality and all that kind of stuff of, um, Look at it within the context of what was surrounding it in that time frame. what was acceptable in that time frame was it a step forward a step backward or was it just you know conditioned to the status quo of what was socially acceptable in that time frame and there's no doubt that um while we in 2018 may think jesus didn't go far enough he should have had six female disciples um, the fact that he allowed women was such a huge step forward in that time frame in that context and so, um, and
1: if you read further on, like the start of the early church, you hear about people like Lydia and other females that had home churches that were a huge part of of creating it to what it what it grew to be.
0: Women were in leadership positions in the early church. Shocker. Um, which it, it and it was highly. Uh, it was the the greatest. I think demographic of growth for the early church was women and slaves in the disenfranchised in the community. They felt like if we finally have a place where. We feel like we're treated like human beings and not some less than's, you know, and uh, and so and that that obviously drew a bunch of critique and ire from those in power who are like, of course they're growing, you know, look at who they've decided to include. It's no no brainer that they would they would do that. But um, anyways, there's there's a bunch of stuff about that in like church history. Now you're not gonna find that. That's not what you find in Acts, right? I mean, you find some some great stories about the early church in Acts, but you, you have to go digging for, like, those first 100, 200 years of the early church. Because
1: their priority yeah. wasn't telling you the semantics of, like, and this is what our daily schedule looks like, and this is how... It... Acts would
0: be the closest thing to that. Yeah. And even then, it was the actions of the apostles post, look at how they handled the... Disappearance of Jesus, or mm-hmm. the uh, the handoff, the yes. handing off the baton, and now what are we going to do with it? And it really leaves it kind of empty. at, at Acts twenty eight, it just kind of it just kind of stops, like almost mid page, mid story, which is why you have you know a, a church planning network called Acts twenty nine, which is basically here is what it looks like now. You know, like that's the mm-hmm. context of why they continue. But, um, so
1: if you're if you're disappointed that the details were left out, and you feel like it's doing a disservice to show the full picture it's i mean i would just say that's not really the point of the bible is to show how the organization was made it's to show who god is and god as we've like reflected shows that he is a god of equality and a god that sees value and purpose and in all people male or female and i would
0: imagine that anybody listening to this podcast who have not listened to the thing on sunday for maybe that's what you do maybe you're just like this is the better venue for you and you're like what does Your wife this... goes,
1: and you're just like, <laughs> "Yeah, I want my recliner time." What
0: does any of this have to do with a series on relationships? Like at this point, you're like lost in between, right? And the, the idea uh, that we said was uh, that in Ephesians chapter five, Paul gives advice on to how make how to make uh, relationships work, and marriage is great, and it's this idea of mutual submission. And we've gotten confused in a couple of verses in there, and. And have not been very clear we, we we pull the parts of the verse that we like and disregard the, the rest of it, and you can only submit to somebody whom you view as at least an equal to I think or uh, I don't know if you can only do it but but it means so much more I, when if I submit to somebody that I view in higher authority than me that that just makes sense if I do it for lower lower like lo, like a, a lower perspective then uh i it's almost like like a false thing but it's like i he paul saying i come into this with with equality in mind like we are both created in the image of god i submit to um you and your hopes dreams and desires for for this relationship and i expect nothing in return and i offer gratitude when, whenever i get things in that way um i think that that's such a uh a unique perspective and it really does drive home this a piece of marriage advice that i or Counseling advice or whatever that I remember reading about or or hearing from, because I mean, one of our jobs, Margie, you know, this is people who struggle with uh, with things in life that they need to t- or they feel the need to talk to a pastor about, and I would say half of those are relationship related, if not more than that. I mean, well, marriage should be or like anyone, yeah, yeah, but I mean, I'm heavily in the romantic relationship area um, as well. I feel like is is um I, you know, I'm ashamed to talk about this to other people or everybody that I know knows us as us. And so you know, do you feel like a safe person to be able to talk to? and and uh, I remember hearing about how if you allow for contempt to have a place in your relationship or in the way that you fight, and contempt is, I'm better than you. My. Ideas are smarter than yours. My hopes and dreams are more prioritized than yours. Um, And I can speak to you in a way that makes you feel lesser than me. you allow that to be a characteristic and a recurring feature in your relationship, it will not work. Like it is absolutely broken. That you cannot go into it thinking, I'm here, he's down here, Aren't I so gracious for being in this marriage that it, that I can make it work? Like I'm sacrificing so much to be here. Um, it's just that kind of contempt uh, does not does not function. Like it, it will not succeed in that way. You know, you will be battling against this, and you may not put it into those words or be able to define it in that way. But um, until you begin to see each other as as valuable or treat them even as more valuable than yourself, then it, yeah, it's destined for for rocky rocky times ahead. So
1: and it's hard. It's a hard thing to do when your relationship isn't at maybe a great point, if it's just at an okay point, or if you've um you've gone through periods where like they really were a jerk to me and now you're telling me to to treat them better than I treat myself. And like our other relationship series, we always throw out the caveat of you're in a super dysfunctional relationship where things that shouldn't be happening are happening. And we're not saying just go with it, you know, just submit yourself down. Um, That's obviously not what we would endorse or propose. It's more so of, um, you know, we have our, we have our ups and our downs and we have our struggles and our frustrations. And instead of just trying to, Gain ground and gain footing to gain, to gain yardage, to use a football term in our marriage. Be like, oh, I'm going to fight to get this. Um, think instead of being a cheerleader for your husband or your wife or your partner.
0: And I think in our social media aware culture, that idea of comparison amongst other people is an even greater. Like it's always been an issue. We've always been concerned about what our neighbor drives or, our, our, our you know, our... Uh, what other people make in the same industry as us, or in the same workplace as us, um, so competitiveness isn't like a unique 21st century thing. However, the amount of exposure to com- competition and seeing whatever the highlight reels of everybody else's life and how they're spending their free time and what they just purchased, and you know how cute their their kids dreams
1: are. become your dreams.
0: <laughs> yes, and then we begin to create this imaginary scale on if we were, you know, we're over here on the left and there on the right and where do we stand in terms of like value or something like that. Like we mm-hmm. do this constantly. And when you integrate that into a marriage relationship and be like, no, I'm kind of better person all around. I mean, I would never <laughs> say that, but like, I'm better than them. Um, boy, that is really tough to recover from. And uh, that's when that content begins to leak in. And that's when you read verses like, you know, Paul says, "Submit to one another, ever reverence for Christ." You begin to think, "Why? I mean, is it worth it? I mean, is it?" But don't you know, like here, <laughs> I'm better than them. You know that kind of stuff. That's 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 a struggle thing. So that's that's when the verse begins to rub you the wrong way.
1: Which is good. I always said, uh, "Very good." When you're sitting in church and something stings that you hear, like it stings, it feels a little uncomfortable. <laughs> Just like being in the doctor's office and he's asking, does this hurt? No. Does this hurt? No. Does this hurt? Yes. And if the, if you're sitting there and something hurts or something feels tender, then that's an issue that you need to look into and address. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. Um, it also brought up for me, um, I remember, um, thinking through like the car analogy that I used to open the two, both weeks. If something's broken in your car, um, do you, Are you the type of person that wants to fix it right away, like, or is it let's turn up the volume and see if we can ignore this type of thing? And that's how we, some of us, approach relationships. Try to
1: buy time. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna until it gets worse. Buy this five dollar fix, and it will make it not as loud. And
0: (laughs) I'm gonna add some stupid injector, you know, fluid into my into my gasoline and hope that that takes the, the. Thing away or whatever. Um, I don't have the
1: time. I don't have the money to to fix it right now.
0: Yeah, it it reminded me of a story um that I think is rather funny. Um, that has nothing to do with like the content of this, but I, it's not something. It's not a story that plays well enough to be able to dive into a message, which is why we created this podcast because this is good <laughs> stuff that I had to cut that I wanted to talk is about. The
1: Director's cut.
0: Yes, the director's cut. The expanded. This is the seven hour Hobbit film. <laughs> Um, when I was a, an intern, I interned for a couple, uh, my youth pastor, Jeremy, and then there's also, again, in Brandon, too. Uh, during my intern year, um, we, had, we had youth group on Wednesday nights at the church. And their um, youth group, or no, sorry, there was also on the other side of the building a senior citizens, like they called it uh, faith builders or an older person, you know, service right well in our park golden ages the golden Agers, yeah um in our parking lot we had not only handicapped spots but we also had um spaces reserved for seniors big signs and that was they're very protective of these spots right <laughs> so <laughs> i remember um getting the keys to jeremy's car because he would leap when he would reach you know i I do the same thing i leave my wallet keys phone all at the at the soundboard because i don't want to have the distractions in there i remember grabbing his keys sneaking out in the parking lot and our service would start at six theirs would start at seven and moving his car from a non-senior parking to a senior parking (laughs) and he would walk out and his car had been moved and he'd be like what is going on with this and I just I did it so that all the seniors walking in would look at him and be like, uh, "We have something at the next board meeting. We'd like to bring up." <laughs> Jeremy keeps. <laughs> Jeremy keeps That's parking. That's awful. <laughs> and then, uh, and then uh, the, but the greatest and this is what I this is the story that I wanted to tell was one day we taped a whistle like a cheap like dollar store whistle to his exhaust pipe. He, he drove a little Geo Metro.
1: So you probably could have parked two cars in the spot anyways. So. Probably could have. Yeah, there's still plenty of room just parking
0: alongside. Taped the whistle to the exhaust pipe of his Geo Metro. He drove around for like a week. A week. And he, and we were like we kept asking him like, "Hey, is everything okay with your car? It sounds kind of weird." He'd be like, "Yeah, there's like a hum, but it's all right. It's it's driving the same thing." <laughs> So not taking the uh, not taking into a shop, not looking through the not you know just being like what is that? Let's just turn the volume looking. up and just ignore it. Oh, my favorite memory. So if that.
1: you find that your car's whistling driving home from church, maybe we're trying <laughs> to tell you me. something. Could have been me. The Joneses really should go get some counseling. Oh, so let's man. tape some whistles on their exhaust. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Be <laughs> funny. Uh, well, we got two more weeks in this series, and uh, 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 uh you actually. Brought up a great idea um, to try and get Kylie in on this podcast. Now, Kylie's my wife. And I will fight for that if you will try and fight to get Matt on this oh, podcast. Oh, you don't want Matt on four. this
1: podcast.
0: <laughs> now, here's the deal. If you attended second service on Sunday, you notice something. We have, have 9, 30, 11, and 6 now. And 11 o'clock, um, Matt shows up. I remember I, saw, I talked to him in the lobby. You don't know
1: my husband. He's six foot five and, like, 3 feet wide. Yeah. Like, he's... And he, the
0: guy. He, uh, he looked at me in the lobby and he goes, oh, you are in for it today. And I was like, I couldn't remember. I was like, "What? I, okay, sure, whatever. You know, like, oh. He, and he was giving me this eye, right? And a couple of weeks ago, he lost a bet with somebody about the uh, the Patriots and the Eagles and the Super Bowl. And so he has to now sit in the front row for the next three months, two months, three two months? months, two months,
1: which is bad because he's. A- He's a big guy, so he's already blocking He usually views. sits
0: out on the back couch where the, where the nursing moms are so sick. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Gotta be comfy.
0: <laughs> it's is comfort. Uh, so he sat, he sat in the front row last week, and I made a mention of it only in second service. Uh, so this week, he shows up, and I. Well,
1: well you have to explain the loophole of the bet.
0: Uh, I don't remember the loophole. The that.
1: loophole is if you kick him out of the front row, he doesn't have to sit. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, if you kick him out of the front row, he doesn't have to sit in the front row anymore.
0: Oh, well, I I had no idea. See, now the
1: light has been shed. I
0: go up during the second song of worship and sit in the front row to get ready to go up there, and I look over, (laughs) and he's got the biggest sombrero I've ever seen, and he's doing his little smile at me and nodding his head, and and I look over, and he gives me, like, a thumbs up, and I just, I'm like, yeah, dude, great. (laughs) And... I think he, I, for sure he expected me to say something about it. To go off and be like, oh, okay, everybody, look at Matt in the front row. I said nothing about it. I acted like it was, and I totally knew what was going on. I knew he, I knew what he wanted, and I wasn't willing to play that game with him.
1: Welcome to my life. <laughs> I wanted to
0: wait him out. I never said anything. I could see Margot sitting next to him with her hand like up by her head going, this is obnoxious, it might be racist it's yep. <laughs> it's so many things wrong with and this so right many now people
1: can't even see because he already is a <laughs> big guy and now he has this like five foot wide sombrero that's bobbing up and down
0: and honestly i remember I, I could see him in there and i could see he said every
1: week he has a new plan so just brace yourself good well i might not sit with him in the front row because might i can't you handle might be the back with the nursing
0: moms. <laughs> So, I I didn't mention anything, and about 10 minutes into the service, I saw, I could tell he finally took the hat off.
1: After me asking him to for like six times.
0: (laughs) Oh, man. I'm like,
1: he's not going to say anything. Take it off.
0: So, anyways, uh, all that to say, uh, we are going to do our best. I know my wife listens to this podcast. Babe, uh, we would love to have you come on here. We have a third microphone ready for you. Uh, Come talk about how you wish that Brent practiced what he preached at home. And... (laughs) Like, where is this coming from, and all this kind of stuff. So, uh, I, and I think you would love to listen. Has she ever done this with me? Did she do it with me once before?
1: I think so. Can't remember. Ahead, Megan Kagan, yeah, all rhymes.
0: If there's a like a legan out there, <laughs> you're welcome anytime. All right, let's do our something interesting. We try and close this thing out by talking about things that we found interesting in life, whether it's something we read, watched, or experienced. Uh, Margie, you want to go first? Sure. Yeah. Okay.
1: So I have a friend that's visiting next month, name's Caroline Kells. And I don't know, I gave her a Southern accent. She's actually from from New Zealand. Uh, We met when uh, the summer camp that I worked at for 10 years. Uh, She was one of those foreign exchange counselors and she is awesome. Uh, But that was many moons ago. That was nine years ago, but we've always stayed in contact since. And um, she was fortunate enough to be able to travel the world for about a year now. And ours, little old Tri Cities, is going to be her. It's little, on the spot. <laughs> it's, it's the She's last She's Flying spot. into the PSC? Yes, oh, so it's her last man. visit before she heads back to New Zealand. Which I'm like, man, after Morocco and Scotland,
0: she is in for a rude awakening.
1: <laughs> so, uh, part of the the thing that I think was really cool that she did, and originally I thought was her only reason for going to Europe, uh, was that she did the El Camino, uh, which is super cool. If you've seen, what is it? See, I'm going to get his name wrong now. Martin, is it Martin? Martin Sheen? No. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Martin Sheen. Martin Sheen made a movie with his son, Emilio Estevez, uh, called The Way, uh, which is based on this, but it's a real thing that people do. It's uh, like a pilgrimage, Uh, but a lot of people do it for non-religious reasons. From France to the coast of Spain, takes about two months, and you just either sleep in a tent on the side of the road, or you pay five euros and stay in a hostel, but you go... Through these beautiful walking paths and hills, kind of in the middle of nowhere. Then through the towns, though, like it intersects and you make your way. And then you go to the Basilica and get this cool certificate saying that you've done the entire journey. And it's pretty sweet. Um, But that's something I just want to throw out there. I remember looking into it after I saw the movie. Because, of course, after you see the movie, you're like, I'm going to do it. Right. I'm going to do this. So it, it takes about, like I said, two months to finish. And they said on the cheap, you could probably... Get away because you're going to want to stay at hostels every so often and, you know, buy supplies as you go. Food uh, it costs about $2,000, which actually isn't too bad for two months of traveling through it's not Europe. Bad.
0: It's not bad. So
1: if you want to do a cool little adventure, I'd say look into the El Camino. I'm no Spanish
0: expert. I did take three or four years in high school. I do believe El Camino means the walk. Yes. Okay. So and then also um, you mentioned movie. Um, Martin Sheen. Is dad to Emilio Estevez? Yeah. I mean, Charlie Sheen. Are they brothers
1: then? I think so. Because Martin Sheen isn't his real name. Like, he has, like, a Spanish name. And just for Hollywood's sake, he changed his name to sound more Americanized.
0: Crazy. Yeah. They're brothers. That's mind-blowing.
1: They might be half-brothers.
0: Yeah, but that makes more sense. I was like,
1: I've missed him since Mighty Ducks. So
0: Has he done anything since then?
1: <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but the movie is really great. If I mean, it's one of those, I'd call it a travelogue. So if you like those movies that have like right, if you
0: saw Wild, is that the one that just came out with the Pacific Northwest Trail? Yeah.
1: With so, Reese Witherspoon. If you like the movies that don't have like intense rising and falling action and plot, it's more like self-discovery with beautiful landscapes and quirky personalities dotted along the way. It's kind of one of those slow ambling beautiful films of
0: Small Thing about The Wild. Um that's the one I I it is with Reese Witherspoon. Um she there's a scene in the in the movie where she's standing on the edge of a cliff and like out of anger or frustration. I haven't seen the movie, but this is what I heard. Throws her shoes off the edge of the cliff and like her hiking boots down. And the a story came out after the movie was released that a hiker went recognized the exact spot where that piece was filmed, hiked down into that ravine, which is like a crazy dangerous hike, and found the shoes.
1: Quotation marks found. Oh, I know. I,
0: I, yeah, that's true. That's true. Right. He's a race uh, put with them his on boots. eBay. Uh, in, yeah, I've got four sets of these or something. You know, I don't know what it is, but yeah, no, it was like a kind of a crazy, cool, different thing. So, well, that's fun. Well, we can't meet to meet her, and I will definitely refer to her as a Southern Belle the entire time she's oh, here, no. and she's not gonna understand why. But that if you is.
1: guys have recommendations for uh, cool naturey stuff. Apart from Palouse Falls, that's usually everyone's like, oh, Palouse. Uh, <laughs> feel free to let me know. There's a lot of stuff that's closed in March, so that's that's been the struggle right now. Mario's been trying to hunt down some fun little hikes or nature stuff to do, so
0: yep, in my way. Great. Uh, so I want to preface my Say Something Interesting with this. I found out recently uh, that Eric, who is on our team— He's going
1: to be so happy he's made it into like the last five podcasts. He made it into the podcast. <laughs>
0: Have we talked about him before, Eric, Eric? Oh, I try
1: to I try to bring him up all the time because he, okay. he loves it. He gets a little kick out of it.
0: He's probably listening right now and he's probably smiling. But he is our our uh, worship leader uh, for our nights thing and and even on Sunday mornings too. He he's currently going to school at, at uh, Eastern and drives down on Saturday nights and then sleeps uh, on our couch. Sleeps on our couch upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> Living his best life now, obviously, and uh, and then leads on Sundays and then drives back uh, up to Spokane. A great guy. And he's in college, right? So he's in that college age, but he's kind of like a, um, and he's working in a bakery and he's super hipster and he, uh, wears Patagonia and he's just, he's really, he's Vegetarian. just cool. He's cooler than me, okay? I'm, I won't, I won't put you into that category, but him, <laughs> him and I both, no, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that you're not cooler than me. I don't wanna say that he's cooler than you because you might think that you're, that's not true, but I know that he is, okay? And so we're always, he's always, uh, busting me up for something. So the other day he goes, man, lately your Say Something Interestings have all been things I've already known about. Like he said, I was doing HQ trivia months before you brought it up. And I said to him in response, Funny thing, I didn't bring up HQ Trivia. It was Margo who did, not me. She introduced me to it, and then I just said, yes, I'm doing it. And then he said, Axios, I talked about Axios News Service a while back, and he's like, Axios is the worst. They've been around forever. So I feel like I'm I'm in this hard spot where anything I bring up – Eric's probably already heard about it, and he's already done it, and he's—it's already the ultimate cool. hipster. <laughs> totally. Oh, you're if, so into that. Oh. It's not
1: cool anymore. if have brings so it. So <laughs>
0: not cool anymore. So I'm in this like dangerous spot. I don't want to bring anything up, even if it was like a new, brand new show. Uh, it feels like he would have. Oh yeah, it? I it's downloaded released those till Friday. I downloaded those episodes like three months ago and watched them all, and I, not I'm on torrents because torrents is old school. <laughs> so I'm I'm like in this weird awkward
1: the pressure is on the
0: pressure is so on you guys I'm, I'm not like I, I know like I'm, I'm so self aware that I'm not as cool as Eric like that's a different life we're in different seasons um, but I feel like it's a tremendous amount of pressure so
1: I feel like I'd, that was like a two minute long drum roll of yeah. what's he gonna say yeah exactly
0: Well, now I set myself up, right? So now this is going to (laughs) be... I read a great article um, in a uh, magazine that I get called First Things uh, about this idea of eternal Rome and Rome being a city that has kind of survived so much of the world. Like when you think of like ancient cities, Rome has got to be towards the top of your list in terms of world history. Have you ever been to Rome? Nope. I've never been to Rome. And even after reading this, it's not like I didn't want to go to Rome and now I do. I've always wanted to go there. I've always wanted to see... The, the streets the the Colosseum eat the all the pasta Vatican City all, yeah I mean just food and culture everybody feels I feel like when you go to um like a all European tour all roads lead to Rome all roads lead to Rome and and Rome feels like a place where I could just go to Rome and be fine like there are parts of Europe where you're like I want to go to Frankfurt I want to go to Berlin but I don't want to spend a week in Berlin you know mm-hmm. what I mean like I could go there see it see like a couple of things get on a bus go to the next thing. I feel like in Rome, you could just go for two weeks and not, and just walk and just do nothing and see amazing stuff. And one of the things that got brought up in this article um, is a, uh, is part of the city that, that, well, okay, okay, so.
1: Oh, he's got highlighted. Highlighted ghosts?
0: I'm trying to get good here, Margo. <laughs> he's bringing his A game. Um, So. The city had gone through kind of like the Roman Empire going away and then all these other empires coming in, and yet a lot of the structures still stand from that. Like it was, it didn't get demolished like other cities may have or would have. Um, And there was a specific area uh, called the Domus Aurea, and I'm I'm probably not pronouncing that right, but... Um, it's an actual, like, it's it's the location where Emperor Nero, which that might, name might be familiar to you dun, because dun, dun. he was supposedly, like, the worst, you know. You, yeah, That's the audio that you're supposed to kind of have in the back of your mind when you hear it come up through scripture. He's the one that crucified Peter. He was a massive persecutor of Christians. He was just generally, and even from a universal standpoint, like, in terms of world history, secular historians go, Nero was a pretty bad dude. He built for himself... A golden palace, the Domus Aurea, which was in the middle of a gigantic city um, that was already, though, had so many people. I mean, Rome at that time was like the 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 really like the first metropolis. And the roads were so packed and people were would suffer for poor living conditions just because there just wasn't enough space for cramming too many people in too little of a space. And in that world, he created his own personal palace, which wasn't even his residence. It was like an entertaining place uh, that, was cur- that was bigger than the current Vatican City. And it was called the Domus Arias, which is the golden house. 300 rooms, none of them bedrooms, all just like party central. So it was like his party house, basically. And he built it in the middle where people are like... there's a
1: space crisis. Yeah,
0: we have a space crisis and you're building this. In fact, after he died, um, Roman emperors after him were so embarrassed by this edifice this structure that like we're going to tear this down and we're going to build community things on this we're going to build community bathhouses we're going to build the coliseum the coliseum wasn't there at that point they ah. destroyed it and they built the coliseum on top of this place because it would be a place for gladiators and sport also and that not that great
1: but also not it's, great it's another public another and sort of thing. yeah
0: <laughs> so in the year 1500 uh somebody accidentally fell into a cave on the Domus Arias location, and realized that there was like um, when he got rescued underneath there was uh, like this like this palace like this three story building with all kinds of different frescoes that were like beautiful and amazing, and it was part of his private art property, uh, Emperor Nero's private art property that really nobody else had seen. It kind of gone under the it had been filled in with dirt because they didn't they didn't want any establishment of, of Nero to be kind of remaining um, and yet through like sedimentation and, and kind of like the world like or the how everything kind of moves around it kind of created this cavern and they rediscovered these things and uh, they well, Michelangelo and Raphael were two of the different Renaissance painters who, who had actually Belay down into this and get inspiration. I can picture them I know it's togas. crazy. They would write like. their names in soot on the walls to prove that they had been there mm. uh, and then come out. And then that would be the inspiration for what Raphael did in the Sistine Chapel. And it's just kind of cool. And you can actually go and take a tour of those uh, couple of places even right now, it, and uh, it's you don't have to play in anymore, but um, <laughs> they've created those. And I just I thought it was interesting, and it was one more reason to go to Rome, and another thing to see, you can go to Rome and go see the Colosseum, that's great and big, and you should do that, right? That's like a bucket list item. But while you're there, look for the underground uh, palace of Nero and see if you can go in. I don't know if you can actually see Michelangelo's signature anymore? Probably not, I'm assuming that's gone at this point. Um, but kind of a really cool piece of history that uh, was an inspiring thing, interesting thing for me to find. And Eric's probably been there. And <laughs> he's probably uh, seen those been paintings. There, done there, he's got, written got his the name in soot on the, on the walls and got the selfie. And it's so that's old news. Um, but even at the risk of that, if you're heading there at any point in your life, check it out. All right. That'll do it for this week's episode of Say Something Interesting. Thanks for sticking it out with us. Uh, next week, we will be back with part three or recapping part three of It's Complicated. Have a great week, everybody. Enjoy those last few Olympic moments, and uh, we'll see you then. Bye.